This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Message. What up, what up? It's Heather's cousin. You dated her in college, or maybe you were just in the same class. Anyway, I heard you bought a boat, my man. Let's hit the water. Oh, and Heather told me you always liked uh, snacks and stuff, so I could totally bring some chips. When you get a boat, you also get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them, and get coverage today for as little as $100 a year. Hey, also, I'm a little short on cash, so can you cover the chips? Thanks. I can see why Heather liked you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. I'm I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of That Mill Podcast, edition number seven of the 2022-2023 season. Joining myself, Omar, is Mr. Joe Zampa. Hello, mate. Hi, Omar. How you doing? You all right? I'm good, Geez. Uh, just the two of us today, mate, so no pressure. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Uh, I'm sure, sure it'll be okay anyway. Yeah, looking forward to it. I mean, if you're new around here, guys, and you're watching or listening online, uh, be sure to like the video, subscribe, um, and obviously be sure to leave a comment below. We're getting loads of great interaction on recent shows, and it's always great to see your insights and your kind of retaliations to some of the things myself, Mickey, or Joe, or Kai, or Chris might say. Um, and we're building up to the first game of the season, Joe, mate. Here we go. Stoke at home on Saturday, mate. 
I know. I mean, I'm excited, but but sort of gutted at the same time. Obviously, you you, you know, and um, the reason being is I'm I'm away actually on on Friday with the family on holiday for for a week uh, in Zanti. So um, I'm going to miss the first game of the season. Would you believe? I've been to all, most all the friendlies, but missing the first game of the season. So I am I am really excited, but like I say, I'm a bit gutted at the same time because I'm not going to be there unfortunately. But uh, I think, you, you excited? I think- I am, mate. I think your boy said to be on this weekend as well. Who times their holiday to coincide with the first game of the season, Joe, mate? You've had a proper stink in there, pal. It's not often that I agree with him, to be fair, but this one, I think he's, he's right, to be fair. I mean, uh, a bit of a, a balls up on my, my, my behalf, but um, I, I guess I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'll be able to sort of yeah, find out how we're getting on and, and getting the, the commentary as the game goes on anyway. Get I follow on by the pool, mate, and uh, you'll be okay. So um, it should be good. So, I mean, hopefully it's a good win. We'll, we'll talk more about that in the part number two when we talk a bit about Stoke and their signings they've made. And in the first part of the show, myself and Joe, and also an input from Chris via a voice note, we're going to be talking about what would be our strongest 11 at the moment going into the season. So we'll crack into the first part of the show now and stay tuned. All right, first part of the show. As mentioned, myself and Joe, we're going to sit here. And I think position by position, Joe, we're going to look through what we think would be our strongest 11. Um, we're going to go work on the framework of Gary Rarick's 5 or 3 5 2, uh, or 3 4 1 2, or 5 2 1 2. We all know the variations, we all know how it looks. Um, and we're going to be kind of discussing, mate, what we think would be, you know, our strongest 11 separately i'm intrigued to see if we've got similar kind of 11s i mean i've not listened to chris's yet you haven't either it's obviously gonna be a bit of a surprise mm. for us i contemplated playing these straight away but maybe what i might do is as after we've done about half the players we'll, we'll come in with ease and then he can finish off the rest of his side as well there's for us so um i guess we'll just start with the easiest position at least i think it is mate and we'll start at the back in goal um who you got in goal, mate? <laughs> I'm, I'm going. I'm going for for Bart. I think it's, yep. the, it's the obvious choice at the moment, isn't it? Um, uh, yeah, that's obviously my my, um, my preferred choice there for you. How about yourself? Yeah, definitely same as me with Bart. I mean, I guess we'll talk about the depth of the positions as well as we go through it, and maybe we can then discuss where we might be a bit light and where we want to add to it. Obviously, um, but I think with obviously with Long, um, I've seen him a couple of times in the cup games, and obviously at Colchester, and he does look you know, a good, very capable championship goalkeeper as well, mate, doesn't he? And I think in that position in particular, um, and I know we had it with Fielding and Bart, and also, I suppose, going a few years before that, you know, Archer and Amos and even um, Ford and Archer, it's good to have two really good goalkeepers because despite Bart and his, you know, dependable presence in that team since he signed for us, you know, you're only one injury away from losing a key position on the pitch. And I suppose in long, you know, I feel like we've got a, a steady, really good backup there to have with us. Absolutely. I mean, what I like about Long is he's pretty good in, in, in all areas, really, isn't he? I mean, he, he's, a, he's a decent shot stopper. He's pretty good with his hands in, in catching crosses. What I like about him, I think he's probably better than Bart, is actually with his feet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everyone talks about goalkeepers having to have good feet these days, and, and, and rightly so, because they obviously get played a lot, lot of balls passed back to them. And Shane Long's, um, you know, his, his, his footwork, his touch, his passing range is very, very good. That's probably um, Bart's downfall, but then you know Bart is probably you know one one of the best, if not the best, um, shot stopper in, in the championship, I believe. You know, so um, he obviously gets the, the number one spot through through merit. Um, but you're right though, if if he got injured or something happened, then at least we've got a good cover in long, and we're, we're quite fortunate in that in that sense. 
I mean, obviously, Long also was an England under-20 international, if I'm not mistaken. And he's only 28 years old as well, Joe, with Bart being 35. I think it's like, how long can Bart go on for, I suppose? I know I'm deviating a little bit here, but, you know, 35 years old, a keeper can probably be at the peak of their game until they're, what, 36, 37? So are we saying maybe a year or two more of Bart? And if Long's still there, I mean, how long will Long want to be number two for? That's another kind of question, mm. I suppose. And he's only got a two-year deal, the last one being now. Um, but you know, it's it's kind of could maybe be a handing over stage eventually. Maybe if if Bart's form starts to dip, I suppose. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, um, he, he was obviously a first team player at Hull, wasn't he? Before they got promoted, mm-hmm. yeah. um, coming to us, so that was quite a massive coup for us to get him in the first place. Um, and, I, and I don't think he would be here this long and be number two to Bart if there was no kind of talk or, or kind of promise, if you like, that he's going to take over in a year's time. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right, Bart's not getting any younger. I think this season, you know, we, we, we'll find that whether he's still got it or not, you know, and um, hopefully he'll, he'll have a good season. But if there's any kind of inklings of any kind of you know, decline in his performances or mistakes or what it might be, mm-hmm. um, I, I think, you know, Bart knows that, that Long's is, is there looking over his shoulder, he's going to be jumping in and trying to take his place. Um, and who to say that maybe next season, you know, Long could be the first choice keeper uh, and, and Bart might, you know, run out his contract as, as a backup keeper for, for the second year, maybe. So it'd be interesting to see how Bart performs this season. I hope he does really, really well. I do like Bart. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same breath, I would be too worried, too, too, you know, scared to see Long come in because I think Long's, you know, if, if not as good, you know, almost as good as, uh, as, as Bart anyway, you know. Definitely. Um, and we'll have to wait and see, I suppose, how that one unfolds. I, I was going to go to the right wing back position, but I feel we're both going to be nailed on than that. So I'll go to the left wing back position instead, mate. So um, I'll go first and I'll say I've got Murray Wallace in my strongest 11 at left wing back. I know you've raised you. your eyebrow there. It's a bit of a contentious one, isn't yeah. it? Um, and I thought I am denied about this. And I was saying my strongest 11. I mean, you, you try and play strongest team every week anyway. And I think Malone will get plenty of game time and probably will start the season. You know, we all know what route it's kind of kind of favouritism is towards Malone, I suppose. And he's been great for us. I just think if I'm trying to fit all our defenders into the team, I don't think, I think if one's going to miss out, it may be, be Malone. Because I look at Murray Wallace and you can put him anywhere on the pitch and he'll give you six or seven out of 10. And he looks just as comfortable as he does at left wing, but as he does at left centre half, in my opinion. Um, and I want to put Creswell in the team and I want to have Hutch in the team and I want to have Cooper in my team. So I've given you my three centre half there as well, but... Yeah. You know, I think you're going to have probably Malone, I imagine, at left wing back, if I'm not mistaken. Or are you going to agree with me? Or... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you and I have had sort of conversations, you know, away from the show, we, about, you know, our, our preferences and ideas. And, and we kind of made reasons for, for, for this. And um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going for Malone left wing back. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. I think Murray can do, you know, a, a good job at left wing back. And he, and he has done, you know, over the last sort of couple of seasons. But um, I don't know. I, I feel... When we're playing with the formation we're playing with, um, with a back three, you know, two sort of city midfielders and, 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 a, and a number 10, you do really rely on your wing backs being quite attack minded. Mm-hmm. Um, and although Murray can do a job there, um, I just feel that Malone will give us a bit more attacking um, output, whether that be scoring goals or getting, you know, to the, to the bylines or getting really in that, in that box and getting that final third and creating things for us. So that's my reason. But I'm still going to have Murray in my team. Yeah, of course. Um, obviously, I'll let you know where in due course, but um, yeah, for me, it'd be, be Malone. I think with Malone, I obviously agree, like, he's been outstanding for us the last two years since he joined back at the club. I just think, like, I think this pre season, I know, like, we don't put a lot of emphasis on pre season. I just feel like he, I don't know, I feel like he's lost a bit 
Uh, he didn't have a lot of pace. He's not slow, but he's not fast. I feel like he's lost that bit of pace he had about him. Maybe I'm mistaken, mm. and maybe he's going to hit the ground running first game of the season. I sincerely hope he does. Um, again, this is just me picking my team. If listeners are watching and questioning it, it's you know I'm encouraging you to put your team in the comments below as well. Um, I, I just think I think Wallace. Yeah, I agree with you on the attacking output. Maybe Maloney is definitely the stronger of the two there, but he can get up and down the pitch. And I think maybe my team might make more sense once you hear my midfield too. You know, maybe there's the legs and energy that we might need in the team. So we'll see anyway. Mm. But um, go on, where you got my Wallace in your team then, mate? Is it left centre half? So I've gone for him at the left. Yeah, left centre half. Um, should I give the rest of it as well? While, while yeah, go, while, go for it. Yeah, I've gone for him the left centre half. I've gone for the for Cresswell on the other side, so it's a right centre half. Yeah. Um, and there's always going to be one casualty, isn't there? Like between mm-hmm. them all, and um, picking between Cooper and Hutchinson. Um, as much as I would never like to sort of drop Hutchinson, I think he's a great, great defender, great, great captain for us, a great player, and very, very, very reliable. Um, I think Cooper playing in the centre would be better for us. Um, there's always, you know, you always feel a bit uncomfortable when you see Cooper play on that left side of the three, especially when he's having to sort of chase wingers or fast forwards in that kind of corner area. Um, mm-hmm. He does lack a little bit of mobility. Um, his real strengths, I believe, is um, his man marking, his aerial ability, obviously, for his height. So having him in the middle, um, I think, would just suit him better. And where we've seen him play in the middle um, towards the end of last season and also in pre-season, he just looks more and more comfortable. I think he's growing more confident in that position um, and letting the guys are a little bit more agile. The likes of Murray, Wallace, the likes of um, Cresswell, that can do that kind of running, that can chase um, that, those long balls into the, into the, into the corners and um, mm-hmm. hopefully be a little bit more mobile for us. Definitely. And I think, um, if anything, uh, that's kind of the reason why I put my worst left wing back with the idea that I'm having Cooper in this heart of the defence because maybe I might have had Hutch there or, you know, I'm in an iron, what you're going to pick. And your reasons are very similar similar there for me. Like, I think Cooper, for me, is the heart of the defence for my team as well. Um, and I've said it mm-hmm. on a couple of shows and, you know, we've spoke about it since as well. Like, I think with Cooper mm-hmm. playing in the wider positions, you do get him dragged out of positions. If he's down the channel trying to defend his own box, you see him struggle. Whereas if you have him in the heart of the defence, he can be the deeper of the three, so to speak. And, you know, kind mm-hmm. of obviously man mark a tall target man or you can try and win headers in the box. Um, but also he can then sweep up from the back without having to push forward, then to turn on his own back afterwards, which I think you do see mm. sometimes in the wider centre-half positions. Um, and yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, I guess we'll touch on Creswell because we both got him in our starting strongest 11s. Um, <laughs> I think he's, I, I said it last week and obviously in the last show as well, I think he might be the outside shot of play of the season once Mill fans all see him play, mate. And I hope he does live up to the billing. I think he will personally. I, I kind of don't have any doubts either. Whether he's the player of the season, maybe that's maybe far-fetched. But I think once you know Mill fans see him on Saturday, if he does play or when he does get his opportunity, I think we're all going to fall in love with him straight away, I feel like, mate. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm with you there. I mean, um, I've only seen him, obviously, in pre-season friendlies, um, seen stuff, you know, when he like, leads some highlights reels and stuff, and he looks very, very good. Um, seen him against some highlights play for England, very, very comfortable on the ball. I think once he grows in confidence, we'll see even more from Cresswell. I think we'll see him being a little bit, um, a little bit expressive, maybe getting forward a little bit, doing some overlaps or under, underlaps, if you like. But... Um, Again, I've said it from previous shows. <clears throat> I just love his vocal, um, the way he is, the way he shouts. <clears throat> you know, for the seconds on that pitch, from from the the minute that that that, that ball's kicked off, he's um, he's just there. He's just so focused. He's geeing everyone up. He's talking to all the players. He's shouting. Um, and I, I also see 
the, the attacking the, the opposition team being quite intimidated by him. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen Fords kind of look at him and kind of peel away from him and don't want to get too close to him because he's literally so focused and so determined to win that ball. Um, it kind of off, off puts him a little bit. Um, plus, he gives us that that mobility and that speed um, that we mentioned before as well, which I think is so important. Um, I mean, we, we could talk about tactics again during the course of this, but there's a lot of talk about whether we're going to go for high press, you know, sit back and wait. And it looks like we're going to go for high press. So if you go for high press, you've got to go for high midfield, high defensive line as well. So to do that, you need a bit of pace at the back. And um, if we went, we went with uh, with Hutch, Cooper and uh, and, and Muzza, I don't think we've got a lot of pace there. I think, you know, Muzza is probably the one that's going to be the, the quickest out of the three of them. But having Cresswell on there as well would definitely help us um, with, with the, uh, the pace we need to kind of, you know, Cut cover in case any balls go go over the top. Definitely, and I think we're going to see Creswell come out with the ball a lot, and hopefully, you know, try and drive forward with it, and maybe be that kind of deep line playmaker from the centre half position. So we'll have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. This is all in theory. Hopefully, we're right here. I've actually Creswell as left centre half in my team, Joe. By the way, because I think he's a bit better. So. Work out there with yeah, your, your, so I've got yeah. so I've got Creswell left like centre half, Cooper centre half, and I've got Hutchinson right centre half, um, and I like then. That. And on the right wing position, right wing back position, I think we'll both agree. I've got Danny McNamara in there. Um, again, yeah. you know, the contract situation is looming over his head. It still hasn't been signed. Uh, unless I've missed mm. something today, I don't think it has done. So it, it's, it's dragging on a lot, isn't it? And I mean, I think it feels like a bit of a standoff. And I think he won't play on Saturday, personally. If I think he's favouring Leonard until McNamara sorts his future out in the sense of like, all right, you're holding out for this money, mate. Until you sign that contract or we mm. come to an agreement here, we're going to play someone else in that position, it felt like. Because, you know, obviously yeah. the, the preseason game before... A little bit, a little bit, I actually do, to be honest. Because mm. especially if it is mm. a standoff with the club feeling like they've made him a good offer and then the agent mm. and McNamara is then saying, you know, well, maybe we think he's worth a bit more. Maybe it's a bit of a kind of... A, Hedgestone, you know, bring him down a little bit or a bit of a power. Yeah. And I think I think I do in a sense because I don't think Leonard's terrible in that position either. And I do think Leonard will be a good yeah. deputy to have it across the back line in all positions and in midfield. So, um, mm. yeah, I mean, it's no question for me that McNamara is our best right wing back and he should be in the sides. Uh, but I think until his contract situation is sorted, I'm not that opposed to, this, to Leonard playing there, I suppose I'm going to say. But with on, yeah. obviously Danny's strengths, you know, he's obviously, you know, he's fan favourite. We all love him. Um, Gets up and down the pitch, good quality on the ball, isn't he as well? And he seems to be a composed figure at right wing back, doesn't he? He's he's always able to take a touch and get his head up and look for a pass instead of like frantically running the ball or trying to run into a, a dead end position. He's he seems to get up and down as well, doesn't he? And he doesn't stop. I feel like mate, and he's he's a bit of a Drusel mm. bunny, I think, in a sense. You know, he keeps going, 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 but it's not necessarily as quick. But it's more so like he just always seems to be kind of composed on the ball. That kind of stands out for me with him. Yeah, he seems to be very, very sort of switched on, isn't he? He's, he's focused. I mean, Leonard is as well when, it, when he plays there. But I think given the fact that that uh, Matt Mars played there so often and he's made that his position um, since his career being at Millwall, I guess he's he's allowed himself to identify himself in that position, learn that position, you know, work out the position in the sense where it should be, you know, in transition of play. Whereas when you look at Leonard, he does a really good job for us and he's equally determined. He gives it his all when he's very good going forward. But sometimes I do question his position in sense. Um, whereas McNamara looks a little bit more comfortable, again, purely down to the fact that he plays there all the time. Whereas Leonard will play sometimes at centre-back, sometimes mm-hmm. will play in midfield, he'll play right wing-back. So um, I feel more comfortable. I feel more at ease seeing McNamara there. Um, but again, if Rav decides, you know what, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna you know, wind your neck back in. You're gonna go on the bench. I'm gonna put Leonard on on what wing back. Then I would not disagree with him. And I think you know what, fair play. And I'm happy mm-hmm. for Leonard to uh, to start. But hopefully this contract gets sorted out quite quickly. It's disappointing mm-hmm. when you hear you know Mitchell gets offered a contract, accepts it. Um, Murray Wallace gets offered the contract, accepts it. There's no there's no drama. There's no delay. And this has been going on for like seems like weeks at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't believe all the rumours and what everyone's saying, but if rumours are true, you know, you, you do question, you know, if you're a mill boy and you want to, you want to, you want to be here, why are you delaying? You know, just sign a buddy contract. You're still young. You're only got 22, 23 years old. I think you see. Yep. Um, 23. I think, so yeah. yeah, it's disappointing, but look, you know, we can only judge him by what he does on the pitch mm-hmm. Um, forget what goes off, off the pitch, you know, behind the scenes at the minute when he's playing, he gives it his all. He seems, you know, very, very confident and, and, and gives us what we need on that side of the um, of, of the pitch. Absolutely, mate. I think he also benefits. I mean, I've not really, we've not seen him in a back four, but I wonder if he benefits from having that protection of someone like Hutchinson down the right-hand side with him. Um, and, mm. you know, I don't think defensively he's terrible, uh, McNamara. If anything, I'd say he's a lot better than Romeo was defensively. But I do think, like, yeah. you know, he, he suits having that kind of free licence on the right-hand side of the pitch, if you know what I mean, with the confidence knowing there's three central defenders behind him, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, they, I completely agree. I think he's still he's still a young guy, isn't he? I mean, I know he's had a good season last season, but he's still a young guy. I think he's still learning. And you're right. I think he would definitely benefit from someone like Hutch behind him on that right side of the fence to kind of marsh him a little bit and talk to him and guide him. But then what I noticed the other week when I saw um, in the friendly Cresswell on that side, mm-hmm. uh, although Cresswell's, what, three years younger than him or two years younger than him, he, he was still telling, you know, about tomorrow what to do, where to yeah. go. Even from, from the opposition's goal kick, he was shouting about Nara to push up higher to, to, to close their, 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 their fullback down or something, you know, and, and Matamara, almost like a, like a little kid, sort of turns around looking at Cresswell, like, like checking, is that okay? Like, I'm all right here. Should I go back a little bit? You know, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a credit to Cresswell. That's respect. But Matamara's got for Cresswell, that he's looking at this, this guy mm-hmm. as somebody who's, who's kind of coaching him during the game. Although Cresswell's played a handful of games, isn't he, in, 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 in first, first team football. And there's Matamara who's played your know, whole season under his belt. And he's looking at, Cresswell to tell him where to go and where he should be. And I think that's a credit to Cresswell. So you're right, having Hutchison or Cresswell behind him is only going to benefit Matt Mara, I think, this season. Absolutely. Um, let's move on to the midfield two then. I'll let you go first, pal. Who's your midfield two? Obviously, two we've got to pick from. We've got George Savile, George Honeyman, um, George Evans. I suppose you could throw Leonard in there if you want to, too. Billy Mitchell, uh, Shackleton. Six good, really good central field options there, mate. So right. maybe a bit too top heavy, maybe in midfield. Maybe I, I still think there might be a departure, maybe or two. But uh, who, who's your midfield too, anyway, mate? Yeah, I mean, there's there's lots to pick from there, isn't there? And we're quite lucky and quite blessed in that in that sense. I mean, obviously, a couple of those mentioned there, they can also play in, in defence or they mm-hmm. can play right wing back as well. So we're quite fortunate we can mix players around. I think it's going to take a little bit of time maybe sort of five to 10 games before Rowett settles on his preferred two. Um, we saw last season, towards the end of last season, he kind of settled on Savile and uh, Mitchell. And that that worked really well, to be fair. It was a nice little balance. Savile being a left-footed player, predominantly, and obviously in the Mitchell playing on the right side of, of the two. Um, look at the new players at the moment. You, you kind of want to create space for the likes of Honeyman, the likes of Shackleton, mm-hmm. Um Although, you know, my eyes, I don't think Mitchell, Savile done anything wrong. You know, I think they can come in and they can start against Stoke and they still do a good job for us. But 
given the options we've, we've, we've given and, and the players we've got available to uh, to play for us, I will probably go for Honeyman and Shackleton. And it'd be a real shame to sort of see Savile and um, Mitchell both miss out on, on a starting position because I like them both. I really do rate them both. But I think when you look at the, the way we're looking to play this season and, and the energy that Shackleton and Honeyman will, will bring and give us mm-hmm. in midfield, it's going to be so important for us. And of course, yeah, they've got that little bit extra ability. They respect a bit to Mitchell and to Savile, but I think just on the ball, they look a bit more comfortable. Their positioning is a lot better. They're running the runs that they make as well, whether it be runs going forward or whatever it might be, is is very, very good. If you ever watch watch them, they you know, off the ball, they are very good the runs they make. So for me, I'm gonna go for Shackleton and Honeyman as my two centre mids. How about yourself? It's funny because I thought I was being controversial by going for Shackleton and Honeyman because I've gone exactly the same too. Have you really? And, oh, and right. more or less for the same reasons too. Um, again, yeah, that's it. I, I don't think it'd be the, the 11, I don't think there'll be the two we see on Saturday because I think you know, especially Shackleton, he's coming a bit late to the setup and stuff like that. Um, but mm. we will go back on the basis here of our strongest eleven, and the same reason why I picked my Rollis left wing back. I think we're gonna have a lot of legs in the midfield and a lot of energy as well. And then I think you don't get away with not having two bombing wing backs because then you might see players drift wide. Honeyman likes to operate, I feel like, in them wide spaces from the midfield, like you're saying, obviously getting mm. forward as well. Um, and, uh, you know, it's mad to even think we're missing someone like George Savile out of the team because remember what George Savile was for us four years ago, you know. Yeah. Um, and I know, obviously, he's, he played a different role last year and he's asked to do a different role in the sides. But, you know, he's still a Northern Ireland international and plays for them pretty much every game too. And at championship level, like George Savile is like, he'd probably get into about 16 or 17 of the 24 teams in the league, aside from the two, you know, the top six, I'd say, that are fancied mm. this year. And it's crazy to even consider thinking like, you know, you're leaving someone like Savile out of the team. And the same goes to Mitchell. Um, but I just think with Shackleton and Honeyman in particular, like we're going to see constant energy, a lot of kind of gives and goes, a lot of kind of, you yeah. know, try to outrun teams and try to mm. play around teams. And I think with you know, I think we're both probably going to have Fleming in the 10 position, for example. I think there's going to be a good link up between the three of them there, potentially, as well. Um, I do yeah. personally think, and I wouldn't be surprised, and I've said it a few times now this preseason, that I think he, it wouldn't surprise me if we go to Sheffield United in a week's time and have a 5-3-2 and have two up top and have three midfielders. Because obviously you've got the options there too. And it wouldn't surprise me if he had, say, example, a Mitchell, Savile and Honeyman midfield three um, and try to kind of pack the midfield out and then try to then hit teams on the counter-attack, perhaps. Um, yeah. But but I think you know I, I think with the if we're going with a five two one two convention and what I think is the strongest eleven I, I, I agree with you mate the front, the, that's the midfield too but I, I, I thought mm. you would have gone somewhere else I have no idea why <laughs> yeah, I mean it's mostly you for what what we go for I mean we, we both agree on those two don't we but I I've got a funny feeling that Rabbit will probably start with Mitchell and if yeah. it does fair play to Mitchell you know um, he might start with Shackleton on the bench I've got a funny feeling he might go with Mitchell and Honeyman uh, against Stoke. Yeah, in that in that, in that position, um, but where you and I are probably a little bit more adventurous thinking and and yeah. and, and a bit more defensive minded, I think he'll choose uh, Mitchell purely for his kind of physical presence, his discipline. He knows he's somebody who's not going to be too adventurous. You know, Mitchell's not going to try and bomb forward and get into the box or mm-hmm. um, try and create, you know, or try and make a play a, a long a long pass somewhere. So maybe he feels having Mitchell in, in in the two alongside Honeyman will allow Honeyman to express himself a bit more. And then Mitch will be the more disciplined out the two of them. Yep. But I think at home against Stoke, who haven't had the best of pre-seasons, I would just love for us to just go for it and say, you know what, let's start with Shackleton and Honeyman and give these guys the license to kind of be creative, get forward, make runs, 
uh, and, and give us more attacking options. So um, let's let's see what happens. But I hope that you and I are right, and and, and he's not. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, mate. I mean, who you got in the ten position? Is it kind of a given at this point? Yeah, I agree with you, mate. I mean, Fleming is the obvious choice for me. Um, I mean, we know that um, Honeyman can play there. We know that Bury can play there. We know that Bennett can play there. So again, we're quite blessed with the amount of um, players that we can play in these positions. But for me, Fleming is our number ten. You know, we've seen him play up front. I've heard lots of um, Mill fans on social media sort of talk about how Fleming should play up front. He's a striker. Yeah, he can do a job there. But for me, you're not going to get the best of Fleming unless you get him into the game. To get him into the game, you've got to play in that kind of free role at number 10 position where you can get on the ball and make things happen. We saw it um, in the games he played in the, in, in the, the preseason friendlies against Ipswich in particular. I mean, he looked, I won't say he looked lost, but he just didn't get the ball. I think, you know, he's not used to batting against um, English defenders at the moment. So mm-hmm. what he didn't anticipate, and I think he's learned very quickly, is that you don't get no time on the ball, especially if you're a forward. And you've got to be able to battle and you've got to win that ball and hold the ball up. Um, so what he was doing was he was coming a little bit deep. And nobody noticed that. He was coming deep to try and get the ball to come off the defender a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then the defender would just follow him or someone will just mark him. So I think give him that number 10 role, give him the free role to kind of you know, pick balls up, turn, try and hit some some through balls or try and hit some diagonal balls or get in the box late and use his, his finishing or his aerial ability. I think he would be you know a, a really good asset for us. Um so that's probably where I would play him. And um, I'd be surprised if, if Rowett decides to play him anywhere else. 100% agree, mate. And I do think, yeah, I think, like I said, if it's a 5-3-2, it wouldn't surprise me to see Fleming being the, the deeper forward um, in that yeah. scenario. But I think, mm. you know, going on what we've seen pre-season, and we've only seen the 5-2-1-2, really. We've not seen any other variations, really. So, and I think, mm. I don't know how you think on this one, but I was thinking about it earlier. And I was actually talking to a friend about it. I think he's obviously found it a bit tough going in preseason. He obviously scored the good goal against Palace, and it's a training mm. game, you know. But you've not really seen a lot of him and kind of flourish in these games. How long yeah. do you, if you're the manager, like uh, this is a conversation I was having with my friend earlier, like how long do you back him for? I mean, obviously he's our two million pound or almost two million pound record signing. We'll put a lot of hope and anticipation into him. He's still only 22, 23 years old, um, and he's mm. come with a, a lot of pressure, you could say. I think for me, you've got to stick by him. You, you, this is your signing. And if you're Rowett in this scenario, you know, you can't take him out the side against Sheffield United in a week's time after having a poor game against Stoke. This is your big marquee signing. You've got to back him for at least 10 games, give him a run of games and let him try and get into these games, I feel like. Um, mm. I don't know what you think, or do you want to ease him into it and think, you know, it might take him some transitional time. But look at Liverpool, they're talking about that Nunes, they signed for 90 million. They're like, you know, we'll ease him in, but they've got three top class strikers as it is so uh, how do you feel about that one mate yeah I mean I, I agree with you I think Rout has to give him time um if he doesn't give him time and he doesn't play him on the bench what's going to happen is all the Mill fans are going to get on his back they're going to start questioning why he's spending all this money on a, on a player it's not good enough you know so it's right wants it to work you know right needs Fleming to perform he needs him to um to, to, to do to do the business for us so in order to do that Rowett has to back him he has to build a team around him you know, he needs to give him the confidence to express himself and, and do what he needs to do. And I won't be surprised if, you know, they've had, you know, conversations, you know, on the training ground, you know, where where do you want to play? Where do you see yourself more comfortable? I won't be surprised if they have these conversations. And I think he just needs to kind of work work with him, work with the player, give him time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it was taking too long. You know, um, 
I know Mickey mentioned the last show that he might take him sort of 10 games before we start seeing anything come off it. I think it might it might take him about four or five games, I reckon, maybe even even less. I mean, a goal will certainly help him. If he scores against Stoke on Saturday, that will lift his confidence 100%. But I've seen enough in him in pre-season, uh, in games against Hammerby and also a game against uh, Ipswich, where I just like the bit of quality he has. I mean, yes, there's been times when he's slow to react to a pass receiving to him and defenders kind of snuffed him out or he, he hasn't quite shielded the ball well enough of the defender and he's out, out, outstrengthened him or he's went down looking for a free kick, didn't get it and he looks really kind of, you know, pissed off. But I have seen some qualities. I've seen him hold the ball. I've seen him, he, he's, his creativity, the way he kind of looks to play the ball out wide and there's been a couple of times where he's received the ball, he's played a kind of diagonal ball at the top to a phobia to try and play him in and, mm-hmm. you know, and again, he hasn't quite, he hasn't quite come off. Even his amazing scissor kick that he completely spooned and went for the corner flag. The fact that the intent's there, the fact that he wants to play this way of football, I think it's only a good thing. And what we can't do... New message. What up, what up? It's Heather's cousin. You dated her in college, or maybe you were just in the same class. Anyway, I heard you bought a boat, my man. Let's hit the water. Oh, and Heather told me you always liked uh, snacks and stuff, so I could totally bring some chips. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you get a boat, you also get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them and get coverage today for as little as $100 a year. Hey, also, I'm a little short on cash, so can you cover the chips? Thanks. I can see why Heather liked you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. And what Riot can't do um, is we can't knock that out of him. We can't mm-hmm. give him a hard the fans in particular, we can't give him a hard time. If he misses chances or if he goes for a scissor kick and balloons it out of the stadium, we can't get on his back. We've got to build him up the confidence because this this kid, if we can build his confidence up and get him playing to his potential, we know he can he can be at. He can be a massive, massive sign for us this season and really sort of do well for us. And then obviously, you know, in, in a few years' time, who knows what can happen? We could probably sell him for 15, 20 million pounds and that would help the club. Uh, in, in, his, in his rebuilding programme. So um, fingers crossed I give him time. Hopefully the fans back him, support him and give him confidence and we we can see what, what a player he is um, in the next sort of few games. 100% agree, mate. And I think it's the pipeline dream, isn't it? Buy a player for 2 million, sell him for 20 million in the, in the three or four years' time. But it's feasible. Oh, you see clubs do it all the time in the championship, you know. So that's got to be yeah. the ambition, I think, to try and then help us reinvest and try and improve us as a club as well at the same time. And mm. it does feel like that kind of signing, which we don't normally make. And it's exciting to have. And I think 
this thing is though, Joe, like I agree with you and I'm saying it as well. Like you've got to back him, but this is the championship. You know what I mean? If we, if we mm. lose five straight games or if, you know, he, he's going to have, a, he's going to get the ball on Saturday and he's going to fill Jagielka at 39 years old, sliding through the back of him. Do you know what I mean? This is going to be a rude awakening. I feel like for him a little bit, because you saw him against Palace. Mm. And I think if he was in the Premier League where he's got time a bit on the ball or a bit more of a kind of technical game, the championship is mm. fast, fierce and, you know, fearsome at the same time. That's the same word, but you get my point. Like <laughs> this, this is the well, championship. I mean, I mean, no, you, I completely agree, and and you know, and and it will be a bit of a baptism fire against um, against Stoke and playing likes of you know, Jack Gelker, who's very old school and then he's defending the way he is. But then what we've got to remember as well is that every day in training, in matches, he's playing against the, the probably the best defenders in the championship, the likes of Hutch and and and, and Cooper and, and Murray Wallace and Creswell, and these Great guys. Don't, don't, these guys don't mess about in training. Mm. You know, these I've seen these guys train. They they, they right wants them train like they do in, in a match day. You know, they're going full full pelt. They're putting tackles in, and they're not afraid to get stuck in. So he's used to it. He's used to the physicality now, or he has been over the last sort of couple of weeks. So give him time. I don't think he needs long, but give him give him two or three games. And I think he would adjust. You know, he's got a bit about him. Um, we've seen it in, in little snippets. Um, but all, all it takes is, is is a goal or something to come off to build his confidence up, and then we can see him running the show for us. And let's hope it let's hope it happens. Let's hope we, we, we can get the, the fans backing. Definitely. So we'll finish off with the front two. I realized we didn't go to Chris's team, but we'll react to it afterwards instead for the eleven. Um, yeah. I toyed with this one a lot because I really like Mason Bennett. I really think he's everything we need in a forward line as well. But I can't look past and I'm hoping we can, if I think back to last season, Joe, to recapture that moment in a bottle of the six, seven games of Bradshaw and uh, Phoebe, where it's like the Christmas spell into the point in January where Bradshaw got injured. If I could recapture anything and have that over 46 game season, it'll be them for two in the front two partnership and the, the bromance between the two of them as well. And I think they, that is a, you know, we're not here to make friends. We're here to win games. But mm. I think it's an important dynamic them to have and a good kind of relationship. And we did see it towards the end of the last scene as well against Peterborough as well, if I remember correctly. Um, and the two of them do have that in them to kind of merge and make a great partnership. And for that reason, I can't look past the two of them. If it was a different formation and we had a left winger, for example, Bennett would be in my team quite easily, I think, if I'm honest. But it's a great option mm. to have off the bench regardless there. But I can't look past uh, Bradshaw and Afobi, mate. What about you? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I do love the uh, the bromance between between the two of them. Obviously, it's it's very nice to see, and they play really well together. They seem to have a good understanding, don't they? They seem to work work very well together. Um, and, and and you're right. Yeah, they had a good end to the season. They scored lots of goals. We seem to be clicking. But then we got to remember again. And I hate using the J word, but the J the, the, was there. Jed was there, wasn't he? Um, Jed who? Jed who? <laughs> Jed who? Yeah. Mickey would say Jed who? So JW, Jed who? Exactly. <laughs> Jed, Jed who was there in, in the last season? And maybe, you know, he kind of gave us that little bit of pace where, you know, occasionally he'll be breaking through or running to the channels and getting crosses in for them and making things happen. Um, Fleming's not that sort of player. You know, we, we're looking at Fleming to come in to fill Jed's boots and he can do a good job, but he's not a Jed. But then mm-hmm. Jed's not not a Fleming either. There's things that Fleming will, will, will show us that he can do that that Jed can't do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just and I just feel looking at Fleming and looking at what he's done over the years um, with his previous clubs, when he does play in that kind of number ten role, that midfield position, he does rely on fast forwards, on pacey forwards, making runs for him, and he's really good at finding them and picking passes out and creating chances for them. Um, and also where the forwards are quite pacey and they stretch the defenders, it allows him the time to get in the box late to then score goals or, or get headers in, you see. So 
when I'm looking at Fleming and I'm seeing him, somebody's going to get the ball, look up. The first thing he's thinking is, who's going to move for me? Where, where, where's the movement? Where's the options? And when I look at a phobie and I look at Bradshaw, I don't think they quite give us the runs or the, the kind of movement that he's looking for for him to pick passes. Mm-hmm. Whereas Bennett is, is very good at doing that. So Bennett will probably be a very good fit for Fleming, where Fleming will be looking for him to make runs, diagonal runs, and try to feed them in. Equally, I think Fleming's very, very good at running with the ball. When you look at Phobia and look at um, Bradshaw, they're very good in around the box, but you don't really see them doing much as in carrying the ball and trying mm-hmm. to sort of take defenders on and make things happen, whereas whereas Bennett can do that quite well, Bennett. So yeah. for the purpose of the team that I've picked, for the purpose of having... Fleming in that number 10 role and try and give him the license to kind of create and do things. He needs players around him. Um, and I would rather start with Bennett and a phobie. Um, so Bennett, not Bennett, a phobie, Bennett and a phobie yeah. up front, have Bradshaw on the bench and maybe, maybe bring Bradshaw on in, in 70 minutes, 35 minutes. If we need a, you know, an extra sort of goal scorer on there, we need to kind of change it up a little because, you know, Bradshaw probably only needs 15 minutes um, and he's very, very good at sniffing out a goal. We can create chances, you know, Anything in a six-yard box, you know, you know he's going to put it away. He's going to be there. But for, for the team that I'm, I've picked, I've gone for a Bennett and a Fo for a bit more pace on on the break and also a bit more movement up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I have to agree. And I think I'm back in Bradshaw this year, so I think that's why I put him in my team. But I, mm. everything you said there about Bennett is exactly the reasons that you know I've, I was toying with it. Really, kind of tough there. Um, mm. I, I just I'm just holding on to the pipeline dream of the goals that Bradshaw and Afobi offered us in that six-seven game spell. And if we had that over 20, yeah. 30 games, we'll be in the right direction. Um, and about all your mm. points now, home percent bang on, mate. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah. I think, so the two disagreements in our sides, mate, is I've got Creswell at left centre-half and Murray Wallace left wing-back. And you've gone for Malone left wing-back and Murray Wallace left centre-half with no Hutchinson in the team, which I, I kind of understand. Yeah. I kind of understand. But for me, I think Hutchinson is pound for pound. The last three or four years been the best championship centre-half, if not. I know. You know and, I, and, and it hurts me to leave, it hurts yeah. me to leave him out. And I do like him. He's not, he's not exactly a player that I don't like or wish we could yeah, get someone. I do like him. When you try yeah. to fit in uh, a, a, a formation and the, and the players that are going to fit in the formation that's going to be right for us tactically. And I talked about the mobility as well. I mean, you could, you could, Put Hutchison on right centre half and leave Cresswell out, you know. But yeah. I don't really want to do that. I don't want to leave Murray Wallace out. But I do feel Malone will show us what you know they, what he can do. He's he's not, he's not the best of pre seasons, um, but again, let's let's judge him over that sort of few games and see what he does. And um, if he can't recapture any of that form, then we're quite blessed in that sense that we've got players who can move um, Hutch, um, Murray Wallace at left wing back, can't we? We could put Hutchison in there and Cresswell and Cooper. And still have a, a a decent team, decent eleven. So definitely, um, and all good. And the only other disagreement, obviously, was Bennett for you instead of me, Bradshaw. So yeah. we'll go to Chris's team, and then we'll give our teams at the end okay. just to close up the part. Um, yeah. I'm going to play the voice note that Chris sent to us earlier. So three minutes long, and bear with guys. Good evening, gents. Sorry I couldn't be there for the show this evening, but here is my one to eleven as per request. Right. Okay. In goal, Mr. Bartosz Bielkowski. I think that one picks itself uh, for now anyway. Um, Playing a 5-3-2, or our variation of it, right wing back, um, maybe an unpopular opinion, but I've said it on Twitter and I'm going to say it here, would be Ryan Leonard. I think A, he's performed better than um, Danny Mack in pre-season. 
And B, I think until mm-hmm. Danny Mac's uh, contract situation sorted out, I would go with Ryan Leonard. Um, there you go. My three centre-backs would be uh, on the right-hand side and captain would be Sean Hutchinson, in the centre, Jake Cooper, and on the left, Murray Wallace. Um, Charlie Cresswell misses out, but he will have a massive part to play this season. Um, and I see him being the sort of... I think he'll break into the team quite quickly, but ultimately I think we should stick with the three that served us so well last season, but it's great to have the competition. Uh, and then left wing back Scott Malone, um, not the biggest fan of his preseason performances, but um, I want to I want to give him a go and give him a chance and see how he performs on Saturday. Uh, you can't read too much into preseason as we've already discussed. Um, my central midfield pairing. So this is a difficult one because I actually think I'm going to leave out the player that I think is probably the best player of all of them, and that's Jamie Shackleton. But I'm not sure he needs match fitness. So, so on that okay. basis, I'm going to start with George Honeyman and George Savile as my two central midfielders. Um, that is assuming Savile is also fully match fit, which he might not be because I know he came back later due to the international uh, stuff that he was doing. So assuming everyone's fit, I think for a bit of balance, we'll have Savile and Honeyman. Could potentially leave us a little bit exposed in terms of a link from the back four, sorry, from the back five. Um, but I want to play a little bit more forward thinking and the other two I'd go with. I would then play uh, Mr. Fleming in the number 10 position. I want to see what he's all about. And then uh, despite the fact I think Bennett is one of our best players, I'm going to leave him on the bench for an impact. And I'm going to go with the dynamic duo of Tom Bradshaw and Bennett of <laughs> up front. To me, that's probably our strongest 11 um, based on where we are currently. I think we've got some nice options off the bench with Bennett, um, depending on where the game is going. We've got Mitchell, Shackleton and Evans from midfield. We've got Bury for a little bit of pace. And of course, we've got Cresswell at the back. Um, and obviously Danny Mack as well uh, for full backs. I still think we're a little bit short, as I've already mentioned before, in terms of um, uh, attacking options and pace in forward areas. But I'm hopeful that in the next week or two, we will bring in one or two uh, new additions in order to uh, in order to help that. But there we go. Um, thanks for that, gents. And of course, bye for now. <laughs> that was a good, uh, really good. That no, was good, a fair play to Chris. Yeah. Um, and I think I think he's gone more obviously catered to what he wants to see on Saturday in in unless at the strongest level, which obviously we've since kind of caveated since. So that's that's fair mm. enough. And obviously we didn't say that at the time to him. But it's interesting that he also mentioned Shackleton being one of the best midfielders, which is what we kind of, you know, kind of getting at there. But he's missing yeah. him out Saturday due to how long he's been involved for. So I think it's probably mm. safe to assume he likes Honeyman too. It would have been Honeyman and Shackleton midfield yeah. too. Like we agree there. Um, mm. so yeah, I think it's, it's exciting times, mate, isn't it? I think you know, just it's, mm. I think on the on the mention of depth, where do you think we're short in that side? I mean, I'd like to maybe if I was to hand pick two positions or two players, I don't know who I'm gonna say at the top of my head, but I think we need another striker just starting to mix it up a bit more raw pace and Ollie Burke esque, you know, that had that raw pace where he had the ball and defenders, yeah, defenders were just scared mm. of him. And I actually think like yeah. missing out on him actually might be. If we don't get a player like that, it could be the stumbling yeah. block we have over the next couple of months, which is, I know it sounds crazy to say, because Burke wasn't the greatest technically, but if you gave him the ball and just told him to run, he'd yeah. cause all sorts of problems. Also, so, his um, pressing, wasn't he? His pressing was great to see. He's come off the bench, you know, 17 minutes where it would, would have been at the time. And he just gave us that energy, that kind of fight, that that, that pressing, and, you know, yep. it was dangerous. And defenders were, were scared of him. 
and it almost kind of created space and chances for others, didn't it? You know, although right. he wasn't getting a lot of goals at the time, but he was making things happening. He was making things work in that final third. So Definitely. I completely agree with you. Yeah. And I think also if you look at Phoebe's goal against Luton, you know, one where he's tapped in at the back post first yeah. time finish. It was Burke on the left-hand yeah. side that made the goal, running down that the wing, true. puts the ball in the box. His delivery was sometimes flat to deceive, but I think you saw what he was mm. about and why we. I think we need one more player just like that in the forward areas, yeah. personally. Um, and I'd also yeah. like to see us try and go for, you know, we've been linked with Nathan Byrne who could play right and left wing back because, yeah. you know, I've gone for my Willis left wing back. I'd rather him be in the heart of the fence, but, you know, I think, if we had someone mm. to rival Malone and McNamara, but also have Leonard in there too, there's a lot of depth there and a lot of, a lot of cover. Um, yeah. I, I think maybe you could say number 10 position could be the kind of place to go for maybe as well. But I think Bennett can play there. Um, Honeyman can play there. There's enough depth mm. in the in midfield position Bury. for me. Bury mm. too, exactly. So I think mm. for me, if I had the choice, I'd play try and handpick a wing, a wing back that can play on both sides and a forward, yeah. mate. I don't know about yourself. Do you agree there? Yeah. Or? Yeah, I completely agree. I think it'd be hard to bring in another 10-type player. Let's be honest, all these number 10 players have got big egos. You know, mm -hmm. they're all big players. They want to be playing regularly. If they're not playing, then what's the point? You know, so mm -hmm. we, we, we can't have too many options at number 10. And we, we, we've already got a few as it is. So I think the positions that we would need, if I can... If I, could, if I can get two players in, I'd be happy. So that would be uh, Nathan Byrne, like you say, who could play right wing back or left wing back, give a bit more cover. Um, and, and just a, a pacey forward. Something different to what we've got at the moment. You know, yeah. we look at what we've got up front. We've got some, some good good strikers and all very different, you know, in, in, in their own ways. But we, we do lack someone who could play on the shoulder, who can give us pace and, and, and you know, counter-attack and, you know, beat the offside trap and... Again, I keep going back to Fleming. You know, he wants players that are going to, that's going to make runs for him and so he can play through balls and balls over the top. So having a pacey forward up there that's going to be looking to make diagonal runs or runs into the box for him to find them um, is what we really, really need. So I really do hope um, that Rao can get one more um, striker in and one more wing-back, would be a left right wing-back, like a Nathan Byrne that can kind of play him in both, both, both sides. Perfect. Yeah, that was um, mm. well summed up, mate. And a great chat so far um, to give our strongest 11s there, mate. So just to recap, my 11 was Bart Bielkowski in goal, Charlie Creswell left centre-half, uh, Jake Cooper and Sean Hutchin right centre-half. Matt um, Manuel right wing back and Marylis left wing back, Shackleton and Honeyman in midfield too, with Fleming, Afobi and Bradshaw completing the team. Yeah. And your teammate was? So mine was uh, Bart in goal, uh, a back three with um, Cresswell, Cooper and Murray Wallace. So obviously Murray Wallace would be the left side, Cresswell being the right side, Cooper being the centre. Um, right wing back, Matt Lamara. Left wing back, I've gone for Malone instead. We both agreed on Honeyman Shackleton uh, in the centre mid position. Uh, Fleming in the number 10. Uh, I've also gone for a phobia up front. Um, differences I've gone for Bennett rather than Bradshaw, but I love Bradshaw. I love him to bits. I think he's, he's a lovely, lovely guy, a great, great player. Um, but I just feel Bennett will give us that little bit of a cutting edge up front, a bit of pace, and um, hopefully make a difference. Spot on, mate. Right, that ends up part one. If you're listening and you haven't put your team yet in the comment section, be sure to do it. Um, let us know what you think of our 11s and whether you agree with us or disagree. Any criticism or pro-criticism? pro criticism pro criticism any any praise or criticism either or was welcome there um and yeah we'll go into part number two now and talk about stoke city on saturday okay mate we're back part really? two 10 minutes now let's go come on um <laughs> stoke city at home on saturday joe 
what's your hopes and expectations going into this game, mate? It's a bit I, open-ended yeah. there, but what, what you got for me, mate? What are you thinking? I, I'm feeling really optimistic and really confident about it. You know, I really am. Um, and this goes back to our performances in pre-season where I don't think we're, we're quite 100% at the moment. We're not quite firing all cylinders. And uh, there's probably a reason for that. I, I, I get that. I, I feel we just kind of saved ourselves um, for our, our opening game of the season. No, no one wants to get injured at this stage of the season, do they? And, um, you know, prevent them, them from starting. So I think we'll do really well. I, I think Stoke, from memory, had a real bad poor um, pre-season. They haven't done, yep. done, done great at all. Um, Mike O'Neill, their, their manager, uh, has really come out and said, look, he's quite scared, almost quite, quite worried about playing Millwall, especially at our, our ground. And, um, you know, whether that's just mind games, I don't know. But he, he seems to be quite honest in what he says anyway. And um, what's that going to do to them? Is that going to make them feel a little bit um, unconfident? Are they going to sit back a little bit? You know, they're not going to go for us and be a bit more defensive minded. Um, it should allow us to play. We should we should be playing on the, on the front foot against, against Stoke and going for it right from the first minute. Um, with the energy we've got now and lots of Honeymoon and Shackleton and players like that, Hopefully, we can really kind of put it on them, press them high, uh, get an early goal, sit on the nerves a little bit, and then hopefully we can sort of bang two or three more in and come out with a convincing convincing win. Definitely, mate. And that's the hope and prayers and the expectation anyway. Um, <laughs> well, they're not going to see it, of course. <laughs> we you're going to see enough. it. You're going to be in. Have, have I mentioned that yet? They're going to have it. Right? <laughs> you mentioned it at the start of the show, mate. You know, you're leaving us. You're gonna, you're, sure. I can't believe you've got a, a holiday to go on the first day of the season. What are you playing at? But, um, I'm, I'm tempted to leave the wife at the airport, to be honest with you. But... <laughs> Stoke have had Maneuver. five pre-seasons games. You're right. Um, they've only won one, which is their first game against Cork City. Um, they then okay. lost 2-0 to Accrington Stanley. They then drew 1-1 wow. with Fleetwood, lost 2-0 away to Bristol Rovers and then finished it up last weekend with a 2-1 defeat against Hull, uh, Hearts, sorry, the Scottish side. Um, wow. Who are we looking out for for Stoke? I mean, they made some signings this window. They've brought in the likes of Will Smallbone, uh, Joe, who I mentioned you earlier. We also was linked yeah. with him, the midfielder from Southampton alone. Yeah, youngster as well. Is he 20, 22, 23 years old, 22 years old? Um, yeah. Again, very, very good good player. You can kind of understand why we didn't go for him. When, when you look at the likes of Shackleton and Honeyman that we've got in now, mm-hmm. you know, getting him would be a bit pointless, wouldn't it? But a great signing for them. You know, he's a promising youngster who I'm sure is going to go on to bigger and better things. Um, who yeah. else have they signed? They've also signed Aidan Flint, the centre-half that's been around in the Championship for a long while. I think he went to Cardiff yeah. from Bristol City, or he went to Middlesbrough from Bristol City for like £7 million, pounds. Um, and that was three yeah. or four years ago. He was at Cardiff last year. I think he scored twice against us, um, if I'm not mistaken, earlier in the season. I think Cardiff started the season under McCarthy, and they might have scored like seven goals in three games, and they were all set pieces or defenders scoring headers, I think, or something weird, quirky like that. And I think he no, got three I'm... or four goals to start the season off, and he scored twice against us at... Um, Kyder City Stadium. They've also got uh, Dwight Gale, obviously the Newcastle yeah. player. They signed him on a free agent. That'd be um, interesting. Yeah. yeah, he does. He got 30 minutes at the weekend against uh, Hearts, and that was his first game time. And they've also signed a midfielder mm. from Bournemouth, who I don't know if, we, if you remember if we seeing last season much, but his name was Gavin Kilkenny, midfielder. Um, he's Irish midfielder. Yes. Um, and yeah. he didn't play too much towards the end of the season, but he's also fancied by Michael O'Neill, who was obviously Irish connections there mm. and as such. And I think he's just picked him out as a player to sign. And also Josh yeah. Lawrence from Reading is a free agent they signed. So, I mean, the last game against Hearts, you know, players that mm. they played in their game, they only made three substitutions. So it's not going to be too dissimilar to the team I'm expecting us to have um, against on the yeah. weekend. Um, Lewis mm. Baker's in there, the midfielder. He's a bit Chelsea. He's on set pieces yeah. a lot. He's a bit of a threat. 
Um, I think the player I watch out for a lot is Jacob Brown, the striker. Um, mm. He's been around for a little bit and he's quite fancied at Stoke and a lot of players. Is, is Nick Powell of... still um, playing for them, Nick Powell? I think he's injured. I think he's injured to start the season. Yeah, so... Oh, okay. That's, that's uh, a touch. <laughs> that's a touch for us, yeah. Phil Jagielka's in there. I think that's who we've got to target. I think if we're looking at trying to, you know, beat defence for pace at all, you know, if Obi and Brasher are yeah. the slowest, but not the quickest. But if we can get past... Maybe, um, maybe, maybe Bennett, Bennett on him, what do you reckon? Yeah, that's exactly. It could be an option <laughs> there. Um, Tyrese, Tyrese Campbell's a striker, again, who I watch out for a lot from them as well. Um, and then a few yeah. other players like Ben Wilmot's there. Um, and the Maggio White, Wright Phillips, obviously, Sean Wright Phillips' son is involved at the club as well. Um, yeah. And Sam Klukas, and Sam a player we was actually linked with a year or so ago, that Rarit signed for Stoke. Okay. He's still involved yeah. as well. So, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I'm hoping... You know, it's always the hope and anticipation when it's a big game at the Den, you know, 14, mm. 15, 16,000 hopefully there on the weekend, Joe. And, and it's, it's, the hope and anti- else, it? it's the hope and anticipation when you go into a game like that and then we will typically let us down. But I, I think know. it's important with the home form in particular that we get off to a good start this season, mate. And, you know, we've got some tough away games this month as well. You know, the likes of Sheffield United, Norwich, Burnley, Swansea. It's a tough place mm. to go in August, let alone for a season. So... I think if we need to get off to a good home start, I feel like, and hopefully just get the crowd on side straight away from the get-go, mate. I hope so. I mean, it'd be lovely for us to kind of start off the season, you know, by, by winning our first sort of two or three games and really kind of, you know, I know it's a, lo- a long, 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 um, long way to go. It's, it's not, it's not a sprint, is it? It's, it's a marathon, as they say. And, um, but just to kind of being, you know, to get off on, on the right foot, you know, to kind of really kind of, fly out the traps and, and get a couple of good wins and just get the fans behind the players. Let's be honest, you know, if we start winning games, the fans will start coming in and watching them. Mm-hmm. And the Den is a real fortress. When when the, the Den's packed out, and we see how it's like when it's half packed out, but when it's when it's fully you know, packed out, it does make a real big difference. Um, we, we do become the 12th man um, in the team and, and it showed it last season in our performances. We, we, we had the second best, um, the second best, um, uh, third best home record last season, yeah. So, and that's credit to the Millwall fans, um, which is which is brilliant. They do support them, and I, again, I think the players we brought in, likes of Honeyman um, and Creswell, are going to really thrive off uh, the Millwall support if we can, um, yeah, pack, pack the den out and hopefully uh, get behind the lads. So, let's see what happens. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll love it you know, if we if we can we win on Saturday. Um, we're quite fortunate, I think, in the fact that Stoke haven't had the best of pre-seasons. Their morale is quite low. They're still gelling. They haven't quite clicked, a bit like ourselves, really. Mm-hmm. But uh, the difference is, I think, we will go in there confident against Stoke and they probably won't be so confident. So let's hope we can, you know, get off to a good start, get, get an early early goal and then cruise it and, and then maybe score two or three, which, uh, which would be lovely, wouldn't it? crossing everything for that mate and if that's the case on Saturday <laughs> evening I'll be the happiest person going and I think you'll be the happiest person in Greece too mate so everyone will be happy I, I will be, I'll be running around the pool I'll be um, <laughs> I'll, I'll be into the pool and, and, and wetting everyone and yeah I'll, I'll be the <laughs> I've got <laughs> visions I've got visions of George Honeyman in the first five minutes either in front of the West Lower or East Lower just going through a, a, a Stoke midfielder yeah. and I've just got visions yeah. of that and then the crowd turning everyone getting excited yes. and then the atmosphere well, he, lifts he you remember he did that against Ipswich? Yeah. Was it like, the, 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 like two minutes in, three minutes in? I think it's the first thing he did. He went straight in and won his great tackle and went the ball out for a throw-in. But there's only like, you know, the the, 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 the Kitchener stand that was there, obviously watching the game. And you had a bit of a roar from, from, from them. But imagine yeah. the whole stadium, him flying into a tackle, winning a ball, kicking the player up in the air. The Mill fans are going to just re-warm to him and take to him and love him. And that's going to 
again, fill him up with confidence as well. It's going to get him performing, and he does play with a lot of passion. So, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just gutted, Omar. Have I mentioned you before? I'm not going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> get I follow on, mate. All your team. Hello. You'll be all right. You have, have a beer whilst you're watching it, and you know, cheer us on yeah. for your your summer, mate. Come on, then, mate. Hopefully you enjoy it. Give me your score prediction for Saturday's game, mate, and then we'll wrap up today's okay. show. This one, I'm very, very, very confident. So I'm going to go three-one Millwall. Like it. Any goal scorers? You're going to give me goal scorers too, or yeah, goal scorers. I'm going to go for Fleming. Yeah, so this, this, this will technically be his, his, his debut, won't it? Yeah, as with Honeyman. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go for I'm going to go for Fleming. I'm going to go for Cooper, and I'm going to go for a Phoebe. Like it. Good. Sounds good. Are we yeah. going to be comfortably ahead and they're going to get a consolation or is it going to be a bit nervous? We're going to go 1-0 one, one up. Yep. Everyone's going to go, yes, this is great. Really go for it. And then we're going to go 2-0 up and then they're going to score yep. 2-1. We're going to think, oh, what's going on there? Last Squeaky 15 minutes. Time. Get a bit... Exactly. We're going, Here we go again. We're all going to, going to give it give it away. And then I think a phobia will then you know, get a counter-attack or something and he'll score and it will be 3-1 and then we'll all relax and just cruise it to uh, to the end. How about yourself? Do you remember my prediction on the last show that our biggest winner of the season is going to be? <laughs> it was 4-0, you said, didn't you? It's a 4-0. 4-0 on the first day of the season, I said. So I've kind of got to yeah. stick by that, haven't I? So, okay. look. Who's going to score, though? I know it's delusional, and I know people listen to this. If you've not listened to the last show, I kind of went, our biggest winner of the season will be 4-0. And I got carried away and said it's going to be the first game of the season, okay? You know, let's be hopeful, mate. I think we beat teams 4-0 at opening day of the season. I, I remember under Jacket, I think we beat Hull 4-0 when Nobby Solano was playing for Hull City at right back. There's a bit of a quirky one for you to remember. Wow, um, and, and I think, like, I just I just think we've got to go into this game full of confidence, full of beans, have the crowd on side from the minute one. Yeah. Uh, do I think it's going to be 4-0? No, but I'm going to go with it and say it. It's going to be 4-0. Yeah. Well, why can't it be? We saw, we saw the, the, the women, women's uh, England team, didn't we? Beat Sweden 4-0 you know, yeah. against the second highest ranked team in the world, you know, behind that's Brazil. It. So that's that's incredible. And, you know, I can't see why we couldn't beat a team that, let's be honest, are struggling confidence at the moment and not, not firing all cylinders, had a bad pre-season, that are a bit scared to come and uh, uh, and play at the den. So why couldn't we go and smash them 4-0? So I'm, I'm, I'm with you, mate. I think we can do it. Right. 4-0, Malone. Malone, Fleming, let's give, let's back the Fleming, let's back, back the Dutch Meister, the Bermondsey Burkamp, yeah. let's back him. Um, and <laughs> then I'll give two to Bradshaw because I'm backing Bradshaw this year. Come on, this is yeah. Bradshaw, Bradshaw's my guy this year. Yeah. I'm t- telling you, I, I fancy it. I, I want Bradshaw to get off to a good start on the weekend. I, yeah. just, I just, want us to, just want us to win. Just want us to win. What's interesting that you haven't gone for any sort of defenders. You don't believe we're going to score any goals. For sort of I said Malone, pieces. Malone left wing backs, you know, he's going to mm-hmm. score a goal. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I do fancy one of our defenders getting it. Well, I'm not sure what it would be, whether it be like yep. a Cresswell or a Cooper or, mm-hmm. or a Hutch. I fancy them getting get one against them. But yeah, hopefully there'll be goals. Let's, let's hope we're not sitting here, you know, next week or you, you that for that case, doing the next next show and talking about, you know, a nil-nil ball draw yeah. and one-nil defeat. Let's hope we've we, we got it yeah. right and we're not got it wrong. As long as we're not turned over 4-0, then, you know, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Exactly, exactly. But Joe, thanks as always for coming to help me tonight. And um, you know, my pleasure, I absolutely it. loved it. That. Yeah, it's good. Thank you, mate. Cheers for having us on. I, I really enjoy that. Enjoy your holiday, mate. <laughs> thanks. I'll, I'll try to. I'll try to. But yeah, guys, thanks for always as tuning in and watching today. If you're new around here on YouTube, be sure to subscribe and like the video. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, leave a review, put five stars. It helps us out more than you think. Check us out on socials. 
at that mill pod twitter instagram tiktok i've got to plug the tiktok for mickey um and check our website out that mill podcast.co.uk and there's a lot of content going up there through kai and all other young writers that we have at the moment with us so thanks for watching guys and that's the end of edition seven of the 2022-23 season see you soon How fast is Xfinity Internet? Well, it's fast! Like multi-gig speed supersonic, how'd they even do that fast? It's so fast it makes gaming more intense than ever before. Almost a little too intense. The fastest internet on the largest gig speed network. Only from Xfinity. Made to do anything so you can do anything. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Live life at your pace. Click the banner or go to visitwilliamsburg.com to discover how. Because here in Williamsburg, life moves at one pace, yours. Here, our waters are splashing and rejuvenating. Our history is for seeing and experiencing. Our theme parks are for riding and sometimes flying. And our great outdoors are yours for exploring and restoring. It's all waiting for you in Williamsburg. Book your trip today and live life at your pace. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.